Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. My name is Emily, and uh, yeah, I've been a little bit uh, coldy this last week. And like cold, like this cold is like, was it the flu? I had a fever. It was not so much fun. This is what happens, I guess, when you go to a conference, you get all those germs from all over the country and all over the world just come together to give you a, a really fun experience. <laughs> um, but I am definitely feeling a lot better than I was. So hooray. Um, but forgive me for not having my normal shiny voice upon me. It will return. It's just not there yet. But I am super excited to share this particular blog with you. Um, not, I'm not sure why, <laughs> except for I feel like I worked really hard on it and it's been kind of ticking away. It's like one of those that's been, uh, you know, sort of hanging out in the background for the last few months um, until I could really muscle it into shape. And it took some doing and I was proud of it by the time I got done and then no one read it. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. Several people read it, and that, and they, and the several people that did seem to like it a lot, which was very nice. Um, but I did feel like this one just didn't get its due, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the algorithms on Facebook, right? Because most of the views that I get are from Facebook. Um, for whatever reason, I think people just don't uh, they don't subscribe to the blog necessarily, or they don't read it in other from other platforms, Facebook is where I tend to get views. And uh, it's just possible that, you know, Facebook is like, man, we don't care about sending out your things anymore. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know. Or it's just like not a sexy title. I don't know. You never know. Um, but in, in any case, I've been looking forward to sharing this particular blog with you on the on the podcast just because I feel like, oh, well, at least this piece gets one last shot at being heard. I think there's some important stuff in here. So here it is. This is called The Tribal Boost. As a theater maker, I think about group dynamics a lot. When making a show, I think about how to create a cohesive ensemble of actors and an inspiring team of designers who can all bring out the best in each other. When performing a piece, I think about how an audience behaves, what makes them decide to laugh together, to clap together, or stand together. Humans are tribal people. We look to one another for cues about how to behave, sometimes to our detriment. I'm thinking of that experiment where the participant sees smoke but does nothing about it because the others in the room fail to acknowledge it. Tribes can be centuries old or as temporary as a room full of people, and if the tribe decides there is no fire, everyone might just burn up. Tribes of people, temporary or long-standing, have preferences, aspirations, and group behaviors. They have personalities. Audiences are as individual as individuals, as any performer can tell you, and they have ways of welcoming or excluding others. 
At a comedy club, for example, when a man like Louis C.K. turns up, the audience is usually eager to hear what he might have to say. Even now, even after his fall, he got a standing ovation when he came out at some comedy club he turned up at recently. When a woman turns up to do some comedy, the tribe is a bit skeptical. They aren't primed to hear her. They might even be actively hostile. I started to think about this while reading Deborah Francis White's book, The Guilty Feminist. She talked about how Louis C.K. thrives in an environment that was built for him and others like him. And she's noticed that the tribal energy at tapings of her podcast is sometimes the opposite. Her audience is mostly female and feminist, so when a man turns up on stage, the audience gets a little wary. The room gets an atmosphere of, all right, we'll hear you out, white man. And what is interesting is that some men respond to that skepticism, perhaps the first they have ever really encountered, by getting smaller, maybe even with some nervous sputtering. Very like a woman on an all-male panel, she says. There's an exercise we theater educators often use to illustrate status that involves the players holding a playing card to their forehead that they can't see, and then trying to work out where in the hierarchy they stand by how they are treated. Kings work out that they are kings rather quickly. In addition to teaching differences in behavior of a king and a two, this exercise shows how the status of a person really comes from the behavior of the world looking at them. Treat a king like a king and he becomes a king. But a two who tries to become like a king will always be put in their place by the tribe, no matter how hard they try. The thing is, when it comes to leadership, the world has been saying to women, it's up to you. Lean in. Be more confident. The world looks at women as twos, but yells at us to be like kings. The change is in us, the world says. But really, the change needs to happen in the tribe. The group needs to treat women like kings instead of twos. For so long, tribes have cleared the way for men, have treated so many as though they were potential kings. It feels as though when a man turns up to lead, the climate of a room tends to say, yes, he's here. Let's make sure he has a place to sit and a nice megaphone and good lighting. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. When a woman turns up to lead, arms cross, eyes narrow, and the climate of the room says, well, we'll give her a chance, I suppose. We'll see what she has to say. Maybe she'll be able to find a place to sit. Maybe she'll be able to be heard over this din. And some women just stride right in, make space for themselves, and get themselves heard and seen without too much fuss. As someone with an interest in leading, I have always had trouble with this. If I come into a room and feel that no one wants me there or wants to hear what I have to say, I'm much more inclined to turn around and find another room than to stay in that one to fight it out. I'm really only interested in leading when I have a room full of yes. 
I've never been too keen to try and convince a room that thinks I'm a two that I am really a king, or even just like a nine. I'm seeing now what a fight it has always been to lead, to have to convince everyone of my right to be there before I even begin is more work than I am willing to do anymore. And what is making me furious now is to see how, for so many men, the mantle of authority is just given to them, even if they don't want it or deserve it. It starts so young, too. In schools, I've seen groups of riled-up children get instantly calm when a man walks into their classroom. Triple that effect if he's wearing a tie. And that effect magnifies over time. And I think it is how we've ended up with this horrible political situation. And the slowly awakening realization of this bias is what's slowly shifting it. As a tribe, we have to examine who we clear space for and who we challenge, who we defer to and who we are skeptical of. Sure, internalized misogyny has been a factor, but it is also a lifetime of patterns that our tribes repeat and repeat. In her book, Deborah Francis White shares an anecdote about driving. She'd heard that London drivers were aggressive, but when she drove her employer's SUV for the first time, she experienced everyone getting out of her way. She thought, from this experience, that London drivers were extremely polite. Then she drove a small VW Golf. She discovered that, previously, Her way had been cleared because of the large vehicle she'd been driving. People had been getting out of her way due to her barreling through the roads in a big car, not because they wanted to. As she puts it, I thought everyone else was polite. Turns out, I'm an asshole. She makes the analogy that this is how privilege works. The assholes don't know they're being assholes. They think that others are just polite. And they think they're being polite, too. This is the thing. The SUV's way is always clear, and the little VW is always trying to squeeze in where it can. To create a sense of balance, we probably need to treat VWs like SUVs on occasion. We need to treat twos like kings. We need to shift the group dynamics to open up and welcome the people who have had to fight for their place. The group endows the leader with their power or their lack of power. The group sets the tone for how we welcome someone with an enthusiastic yes or a skeptical no, or even just a qualified skeptical yes. Western ideology always credits the leader with changing the group, but I think it's rather the reverse. The group changes the leader. The leader becomes who they are and leads how they lead because of the group. There are a lot of interesting examples of this in the American political landscape at the moment. Donnie Twimp just repeats the lines his audience likes. He explained that that's how Drain the Swamp became a thing. The people in front of him liked it, so it caught on. No way was cleared for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez before she started, but she famously wore out her shoes, clearing away for herself. And now... She is challenged at every turn. But simultaneously, those who elected her and admire and support her buoy her up with our enthusiastic yes. 
That helps her negotiate all the SUVs that Republicans keep trying to park in front of her. But American politics aside, this is all happening on micro levels as well. There are rooms women are welcome in and those we are not, and no one needs to say anything for us to feel the difference. In theaters, for example, women are welcome as ingenues and chorus girls, but not as leaders. Actual things said by an artistic director to some writers I know, oh, we don't hire women directors. (laughs) They can't hold the room. If we want to make changes, we're going to have to bring our enthusiastic welcomes to women, especially in rooms where they have previously been met with hostility. If you're an airline, maybe roll out the red carpet for your lady pilots. Throw them parties. I don't know. And actually, more than special treatment, women and other people who find themselves less welcome just need the group to have faith and confidence in them, to uncross their arms and smile and expect to be dazzled. Having my leadership questioned and challenged at every turn in my graduate program for directing made me question my skill and has made all subsequent leading fraught with self-doubt. Having been, frankly, a little bit traumatized by the tribe, I have found it harder to feel any subsequent group's welcome, harder to distinguish what is actually a challenge to my leadership and what is just the usual workings of a tribe trying to figure something out. This is still a factor in everything I do now and led to my, more or less, giving up directing. I'm guessing that we lose a lot of women and trans and non-binary leaders this way. But the group could turn it around, I think. The group is powerful. The group can say yes enthusiastically if it wants and carry its leaders ahead. The group can welcome new leaders together, new voices, new ideas. The group can lift up all the previously undersupported, underappreciated, underheard people and make a more equitable world. And it can get everyone out of a burning building when someone smells smoke, too. If the people around you don't believe you when you smell smoke or they aren't lifting each other up, maybe start looking for a new tribe or even just a new audience with which to watch a show and help that tribe give a boost to someone who needs it. It could change everything. So it may be clear that this post was inspired by uh, Deborah Francis White's book, Um, The Guilty Feminist, inspired by the podcast, The Guilty Feminist. Um, I, I, yeah, when I read this bit about the tribe and the atmosphere of the tribe in her book, I just, it just was like, oh, it just felt like it, several things just slotted into place. But then I had to figure out how to explain what those slots were and why it felt so it just felt so disruptive in a way like I was like oh it explains everything and everything is horrible (laughs) um yeah yeah. but so I I felt like I couldn't write a post that's like everything is horrible everything sucks I'm never leading again see you all later I'm gonna go live in a cave like that it just didn't seem like that's how I felt I think in first realizing just what an enormous challenge I've always been up against (laughs) Um, yeah, I had to figure out how to frame it a little bit. So 
Um, read The Guilty Feminist if you uh, if you can get a, get your hands on a copy. It weirdly it ships. It's it's in the UK mostly, but it it shipped to me for like almost nothing. It was so cheap. It was like fifteen bucks or something. Crazy. That we can get books from across the ocean is pretty cool. So um, I recommend it if you can get your hands on a copy of that book. I think there's an audiobook version too, which is probably great because she's you know she's a podcast comedian host. So I'm sure hearing her read it is fabulous. Um, so th- so that you don't even need to have shipped. You could probably just get that on your audio listening device. Uh, so yeah, um, trying to find a song about tribes was weirdly tricky. Uh, I guess we don't sing about that stuff so much. Um, I, it did put me back in touch with the tribe called quest. Cause when I did like a search on Spotify, it was like, you wanted to hear, can I kick it? Didn't you? And I was like, well, I did actually want to hear, can I kick it? Uh, so I, that, that was enjoyable, but it did, does not in fact feature a lot of lyrics, uh, related to tribe, um, aside from mentioning of the band. Um, but there is a song from, uh, the pitch perfect soundtrack called tribe, which I have learned for the purposes of this podcast. I'm not sure it's a great song. It's, it's definitely a pop song of a particular kind. I think you'll hear what I mean, maybe. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is kind of perfectly exactly what, uh, like lyrics wise, it's, it, it was the right thing. So, um, so I went with it and learned it. Um, yeah, otherwise there's just really not a lot of tribe songs. And, or, or the ones that there were were like kind of faux Indian stuff, which is just like, mm, I'd rather not be singing about some racism. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play that song for you here. Um, I just recorded it today, so it will feature some nice, you know, um, it's, it features this voice. It's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, and uh, if you like the podcast, if you want to support me, that would be amazing. And the ways to do that are the following. Number one, join me on Patreon. There are two accounts. The first one is patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. That's the one where um, you pledge to pay per post, per blog post. Um, and the other is at patreon.com slash Emily Rainbow Davis. Uh, and that is a membership model. So you just say like, oh, I'm going to give you a dollar a month or something, um, which would be great. So those those are those. The other options are um, Kofi or coffee. I, I literally looked up how to pronounce this website and I could find no answers. <laughs> so Kofi.com slash Emily Rainbow Davis, uh, it's where you buy me a coffee. Um, other places that don't require money uh, to support are getting on my mailing list at EmilyRainbowDavis.com. Um, you just go to contact and sign up or a little box will pop up and let you sign up. All you have to do is give me your email. I promise I won't email you a lot. I really, I've, I haven't even emailed the list yet. So my Twitter handle is eRainbowD. You can follow me there. I'm sure there's other things also. PayPal. There's so many freaking th- lists. So 
They're all on the show notes. Should be. Most of them. And meanwhile, here is the song Tribe, created by Kim Vieira originally. I don't know if she's the writer, but she is the original singer from the Pitch Perfect soundtrack. And this song is called Tribe. Kisses and apple pie, naughty and something nice. We bout that, we bout that, we bout that life. Making the power play, watch all the moves we make. We run that, we run that, we run that game. Way up, way up, we gonna go way up, way up, no domino, way up, way up, I wanna know, are you with me? Way up, way up, we gonna go way up, way up, like CEO, way up, way up, I wanna know, are you with me? My tribe, my ladies, my girls, we made it. Make sure they never forget it. Let's get it. My tribe on top. My tribe on top. My tribe on top. My tribe on top. All of the boys react. Love when we move like that. They want it, they want it, they want it bad. We're gonna sing our song, we're gonna bang that drum. Ba boom boom, ba boom boom, yeah, all night long. Way up, way up, we gonna go way up, way up. No domino, way up, way up. I wanna know, are you with me? Way up, way up, we gonna go way up, way up. Like CEO, way up, way up. I wanna know, are you with me? My tribe, my ladies, my girls, we made it. Make sure they never forget it. Let's get it. My tribe on top. My tribe on top. Try.